T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To the great outdoors with Steve Carney and his website, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? I've been okay, man. I'm a little tired. Uh, boy, the duck season, as we talked about, has just been atrocious. I've been out the last couple of days chasing geese and ducks, and I am done. I've pretty much taken the decoys, the boat, everything, put it in the pole building. I'm done. Very disappointed. Um, I'm not the only one. I've checked with a lot of people out there, and they've all run into kind of the same thing. And so mercifully, it ends on Tuesday, and um, kind of a sad, sad season. But it is what it is, and hopefully, uh, we won't have a repeat of that. Yeah, and Steve, there are there are a lot of factors in all of this, aren't there? There's so many factors, Steve. I was just kind of thinking about it. I, I could almost make a list, you know, with loss of habitat and poor reproduction, the drought. Um, you know, maybe the COVID's got a little something to do with it. I don't know, but. It's, uh, I think that the DNR relaxing a lot of these restrictions that we've had for years that they relaxed this year, no doubt had an impact with the early seasons, you know, well before the main season starting, which I think sent a lot of ducks prematurely south from the disruption of uh, the youth season and then the early teal season. That, that did not help. And eliminating that four o'clock in the afternoon closing to allow those birds to roost and that rule was put in place to keep the birds around for a longer period of time. And when you allow hunting from sunrise to sunset, you're disrupting their roost. That sends them south as well. So very disturbing. Um, the, the big thing, though, really is the coots. You know, the coots are not a bird that we harvest. They're just a beautiful bird. There's a lot of them. And they never showed up in lakes country up here in the northern part of Minnesota and traditionally, there's hundreds of thousands of coots that move through, and I didn't see any. And that really tells me something is really, really wrong. So very disappointed. But, you know, there's good things, too. The deer season has been pretty good. Um, the overall gun harvest sounds like it's unofficially down about 20%, but still pretty good. Um, fall fishing was fabulous. Pheasant hunting has been really good. So there's some good things, you know, out there as well. But um, I will have to tell you, for the, as far as the duck thing, um, I've been doing this for 55 years on the water, and I've seen some slow times uh, in the 80s and 90s when they, you know, lowered the bird limit and there weren't as many birds. But I've never seen it like this year mm. when they're they're just not there. It's so drastically bad that 
Um, we'll have to see, you know, what, what the DNR comes up, comes up with, with their assessments at the end of the year, see what their slant is on all this. And um, it's definitely going to have to be looked at and changes are going to have to be made. So hopefully the people in power will uh, do the right thing. Steve Carney joining us. Steve Carney outdoors, uh, still time in the pheasant season for sure. And so far, so good. Reports are, are positive. Very positive. And, you know, we're getting to the best time right now, Steve. You know, a lot of people have kind of hung it up and don't want to go out when it's 20 or 30 degrees. But this is really the time to do it. A lot of the sloughs are freezing up now, and these birds are going to be in these deep cattails. And we haven't been able to get in there. It hasn't, you know, froze properly so you could walk through there. But now with the cold temperatures coming up, the next four or five weeks are going to be excellent. You'll be able to walk in through these inner cattail areas and that's where those birds are going to be in that deep, thick cover. So the bird numbers have been really good. I think they're better than average, and I, I'm impressed. They're there. And uh, what's really cool are these public areas that, you know, the public hunting areas, the walk-in areas a bit, were hit really hard early in the season, and those birds have a tendency to leave those areas because of the pressure and go to private land. But now as we get into late November December, those birds will return to these public areas because the pressure isn't as bad. A lot of these hunters aren't hunting anymore, and there's still very good cover there. So that's where those areas start getting really, really good as you get into late November and all of December. So I think the best, you know, pheasant hunting is, to be, is coming up. The corn's finally down. Beans are down. Um, and I love these temperatures. 25, 35 degrees pheasant hunting is perfect. You don't even work up a sweat. You're moving, it's good exercise, and the birds hold nice and close, which is really beneficial when it's cold. And, uh, Steve, finally, uh, we're getting to the end of the open water fishing season, and all those anglers that love to be out on the ice are now sitting and waiting. Yes, they are, and I think it's officially over for the open water, Steve. Sadly, it was a really good fall, but... Now ice fishing is, you know, could be a couple of weeks away. Um, I was on Red Lake last year, um, like the first week of December, and that's probably going to happen again. But I am hearing there is going to be some shortages. Um, I've had a lot of my cronies kind of report that they can't find ice houses, they can't find electronics, and it looks like the supply chain issue is happening with ice fishing gear now, as it did with ammunition and everything else hunting-related. So, uh, those who, who are procrastinating about, you know, their ice fishing gear better get on it because I, I'm going to see when, once this initial inventory is gone, there may not be anything after that. So if you're contemplating some electronics or some portable houses, you better get on it because I, I can see the writing on the wall. It's going to be the same thing for the ice fishing gear as it is with, you know, the other outdoor stuff. It, it is amazing. I have a, a, a pond uh, not far from my house that uh, is above a spillway that leads to the Mississippi River. And uh, there were geese uh, standing on the ice on the pond today, so it's coming. Um, we, uh, not enough for the big water, but the ponds are starting to freeze up. Yep, well, we have that big ice fishing So, uh, Steve, coming up on December 3rd at uh, oh, yeah. the St. Paul. That's going to be a big deal. I'm going to be there on Saturday in the Vexilar booth talking to people and hanging out. And this show is crazy. I have never been to a sports show that has such an incredible attendance 
People are rabid, uh, totally into it. And as we've talked about over the years, ice fishing is an incredibly growing sport, very robust, and people are just so pumped up. And, and the timing is perfect because it's going to be maybe a couple of weeks till we get ice and this show hits next week. That's perfect timing. So it'll be crazy, but it's a fun place to be with thousands of people that share the interest in the outdoors and love what they do. And it's really a joyful celebration, if nothing else. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. We'll talk to you in a week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Best to you and your family. You as well, Steve. You take care, man. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors. We're going to take a break. Uh, If timing allows, John Millay is going to join us from U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, It is state football semifinal. Started Thursday, continues Friday. Uh, They wrap it up today. Two games in the books, one still in progress, two still to come, and then prep will be set next Friday and Saturday. We'll check the Big Ten scoreboard and, of course, D2 and D3 in their playoffs. Uh, Good news for the Johnnies, not so good news for the Royals, the Bulldogs, or the Vikings. By the way, Bemidji State goes to Augustana and beats the Vikings, so the Beavers win today. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that coming up on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Quick update on that Big Ten football scoreboard. Minnesota leading Indiana 21-7. to It was 7-0 Hoosiers in the second, and then boom, it's 21-7 Minnesota at the half. Meanwhile, Wisconsin and Nebraska are tied at 14 at Camp Randall at the half as well. Uh, of course, Paul Bunyan's axe on the line next Saturday, Minnesota and Wisconsin at Huntington Bank Stadium. Also at halftime, Michigan leading Maryland 24-3. Iowa up on Illinois in the fourth, 23-16. Some finals from earlier, a shocking result. Ohio State blows out Michigan State 56-7. Purdue wins at Northwestern 32-14. Penn State shutout Rutgers 28-0. Jonathan Lowe will join with the top 25 scores and another look at the Big Ten a little bit later on in the program. Uh, over to the Pioneer League today, St. Thomas leading the Presbyterian Blue Hose 54-15 to in the fourth quarter at O'Shaughnessy Stadium. At U.S. Bank Stadium, day three of the state football semifinals, John Millay joins us. And, uh, John, a lot of football at the People's Stadium. Yes, Steve, you are right. 14 games over three days. We're in the uh, we're in the 12th game of the 14 right now. It's uh, Plainview, Elgin, Millville leading Annandale 21 to six about midway through the fourth quarter. Good ball game here. We've had some great games. We've had a handful of blowouts, but it's always fun to get inside U.S. Bank Stadium and, and watch these kids compete. And a dandy to close it out. Still time to get down there to see Rogers and Mankato West. Mankato West, number one, uh, most of the year. They play at 7 o'clock in the nightcap. And still to come, a little behind schedule, Esco and Dazzle Cocado in the other 3A semifinal. But, you know, you're right, John, and this sets the stage for Preppel. Uh, number one, have the fans returned to U.S. Bank Stadium for the semifinals? Yeah, they really have, Steve. We've had uh, more than 10,000 people in here basically each of the three days. I think with the 6A games, which we had the last two nights, 
we went way beyond that, you know, and we don't we don't do it by game. You buy one ticket, you can watch all the games that day. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people coming and going, a lot of great fun. And, and we've talked about this many times compared to last fall when we had no state oh. tournaments at all. This is just the epitome. And, and next Friday and Saturday when we're here for the prep bowl games, it's really going to be a, be quite the celebration. And it is a great weekend. We we don't want to uh, forget about girls swimming and diving over at the Freeman Aquatic Center at the University of Minnesota. That's a tremendous event, uh, girls swimming and diving in the fall, and then, of course, uh, the boys to close out uh, the winter sports season over at the U. That is a phenomenal event, and there's so many great athletes in that as well. Yeah, I've been to the boys and the girls swimming and diving championships over the years, and, and that is such a great facility. I've had Olympic swimmers tell me that uh, that's one of their favorite pools in the in the world, the Freeman Aquatic Center. It's just you're right on top of everything. Everybody's screaming and hollering. It's so much fun. And then the other event we've got going on this weekend is the Adapted Soccer State Tournament. That's over at Stillwater High School. That's another wonderful thing to go to. And so, yeah, this is really a busy, a busy couple of days here with football, girls swimming and diving, and adapted soccer, all having, uh, well, football state semifinals, but the other two having state championship events. Yeah, and uh, John, uh, adapted sports, that, that is something that uh, is, is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And the Minnesota State High School League takes the adapted sports very seriously, and they put on big-time state tournaments. And it, it, it's just like any other sport with, with the officials and the award ceremonies. It, it is a wonderful, wonderful events. Yeah, we kind of pioneered that in Minnesota, having these varsity-level competitions for the adapted kids, the physically impaired division, the, the cognitively impaired division. And you're right, it is just like the state hockey tournament, basketball, football, you name yeah. it. We have the same the same trophies, the same uh, medals for the kids, the same type of post-game ceremonies. It's just so much fun, and we have, you know, we have basically adapted sports all year round with soccer field hockey, bowling. It's so much fun for all those kids and families. It's really a really a neat thing. And uh, a lot of football, John. How are you hanging in there? Yeah, not bad, Steve. You know, I think last week we talked, <laughs> I thought before this week I had seen 16 high school football games and then hanging in here for 14. Hey, there are worse places to watch 14 football games over three days. This place is, is really something. It never gets old. And and I'll tell you what, the, the atmosphere in here behind the scenes really ramped up today because we got the Packers and Vikings in here at noon tomorrow. There is a bustle of activity down on the field level, you know, on the concourse where all the food prep is going on. The Vikings and the Packers, they're loading in their gear for the game tomorrow. It is a hub of activity. Nobody else in the building can see it. If you bought a ticket, you're not getting behind the scenes. It is really interesting to see what it's like when an NFL team starts bringing in big trucks and, and unloading the gear and just all the, the food service that goes on for all these fans and all these concessions and sweets. It's quite the, uh, it's quite the uh, logistical challenge. Yeah, and uh, television. Uh, they make their presence felt for sure when the network trucks show up and, and they start setting up their gear. Well, John, always yeah. great. A- enjoy the final two games of the day. It looks like Plainview Elgin Millville will punch your ticket to prep all their up 21 to 6, as you mentioned. Yep, and they just scored. It's 27 to 6, extra point coming up. So it looks like the 
the Bulldogs will be in the Prep Bowl next week. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, outstanding. Thanks, John. You got it, Steve. Thanks a lot. All right, there he is, John Malay, a media specialist, mshsl.org. And he's written a wonderful blog over the years, John's Journal. tells a lot of great stories from all four corners of the state. Uh, Esco and Dazzle-Cocato coming up, scheduled to start at 4.30. That'll be a little bit late. And then Rogers and Mankato West in the nightcap to close it out. And then, of course, Channel 45 uh, will have coverage of all the prep bowl games next Friday and Saturday. Uh, Let's quickly get you up to date on the D2 football scoreboard. Three teams out of the Northern Sun involved. One survives. It was uh, Minnesota Duluth taking on Angelo State. And uh, Angelo State wins that football game today, beating the UMD Bulldogs by a score of 48-14. to Meanwhile, Bemidji State wins at Augustana 28-14. to So the Beavers, the sole survivor, out of week one of the D2 playoffs. And then over in Division Three, two MIAC teams make it. St. John's, the regular season uh, champion, uh, beat Lake Forest at Clemens Stadium in Collegeville, 41-14. to Bethel had to go on the road to play Central and got beat 61-35. to We hope to get game reports on those coming up here on News Talk E3O-WCCO. It is 428. Let's take a break. We'll have the weather. I will talk Twins tickets. Matt Hodson will join us from the Twins front office. Yes, you can plan ahead and get spring training tickets now. We'll we'll tell you about that. Jonathan Lowe is going to join us. He'll take a a good look at the Big Ten scoreboard and the Top 25 scoreboard as well here on News Talk. E3LWCCO. Big day in college football, Big Ten, regular season winding down. A lot of games in the top 25. We will have a look at the scoreboard coming up. Right now, though, Division Two, Division Three playoffs get started today. And St. John's, the champions of the MIAC at home in the opening round of the D3 playoffs. Ryan Klinkner joins us from Collegeville and a big win for the Johnnies, Ryan. It was, Steve. Fifth-ranked St. John's took advantage of a few early miscues by Lake Forest to build a 27-0 lead and defeated the Foresters 41-14 today in the NCAA's first round in Collegeville. Running back Devin Volk, a senior from Sartell, rushed for a career-high 143 yards and two touchdowns on 17 carries. He started the Johnny scoring with a 50-yard touchdown run five minutes into the game. An interception by junior linebacker Eric Bjork, a native of Matamidi, set up a 13-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Chris Backus to senior wide receiver Robbie Alston. Backus, a senior from St. Cloud Tech, finished with 120 passing yards and four touchdowns on the afternoon. He connected with Volk for a 16-yard touchdown pass on the first play of the second quarter. The Johnnies then blocked a force punt on the ensuing drive, and Backus hit wide receiver Jimmy Buck a sophomore from Orono for a 27-yard touchdown on the next play. The Johnnies' defense held Lake Forest to 164 yards of offense, well below its season average of 392 per game, and totaled 11 tackles for loss. Defensive lineman Michael Wozniak, a junior from Robbinsdale-Armstrong, led SJU with four-and-a-half tackles for loss and two-and-a-half sacks. It uh, looks like, uh, Steve, right now the Johnnies will host number 6 Linfield of Oregon. Uh, the Wildcats are up 44-10 to right now in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that'll be in the second round of the NCAA playoffs at noon next Saturday in Clemens Stadium. Yeah, and Ryan, a sneak peek at the weather. It looks pretty good. 
Oh, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, sounds I mean, good. we could see another day like today, which would be ideal as you get to the end of November. You never know. So that'll, that'll well, be great stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks, Ryan. Look forward to visiting well, we'll, with you next yep, we'll Saturday. We'll talk to you next weekend. Yep. Thank All right, you, there you. he is. Ryan Klinkner from Clemens Stadium in Collegeville where the Johnnies win in the D3 playoffs today. Uh, no problem with Lake Forest, 41-14. to Bethel on the road, loses to Central. The final there is 61-35. Other upper Midwest teams in D3, number 3 UW Whitewater beat Greenville 69-7 to today. And the other entrant out of uh, the WIAC, number 11 UW Lacrosse beat Albion. 58-23 on the road today. So they are playing very well indeed. All right, let's uh, see if we can bring in Matt Hudson from the Twins. Matt, are you there? Here I am, Steve. Yeah, Matt, it's been a while. How you been? I've been great. Real good. Yourself? Yeah, very good. And uh, here we are closing in on Thanksgiving and the holiday season and all of those sorts of things. But right now we're going to take a look ahead to spring training. Spring training tickets are on sale. They sure are. It's never too early to look ahead to the sunshine and warmth of Fort Myers. And uh, we've got 17 home games for the Twins next spring training. And uh, back for the first time since March of 2020, back uh, to full capacity. We're making plans for the safe return of that. And, uh, you know, it's it's time to, uh, to to start buying up some tickets and, and get ready for spring training next year. Yeah, and make those plans because it is a long winter, and I know. And, and if people have the opportunity and have never done it and have the wherewithal to get down to Fort Myers and enjoy spring training, it is a great way to close out winter and celebrate spring and, and being down there and taking in a ball game or two. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. Spring training, just, uh, you know, the, your, your closeness, your proximity to the players, uh, the, the laid-back atmosphere. Fort Myers itself is beautiful. Hammond Stadium is a, a fantastic setup with all the side fields and get there early and see some of the, the prospects getting their work in and then settle in and, and watch uh, watch the big league club play a game. And, and you're right. And uh, by that time, I mean, we won't have too many days like today, probably in the middle of December and January and, and into February. So by the time March rolls around, I think uh, a lot of folks will be itching to, to go sit in the sunshine and, and watch ball and, and, and Fort Myers and, and Twins baseball spring training. Just, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, and, and Matt, I know Lee County and the Minnesota Twins have had a wonderful partnership and are constantly improving that facility and making it more and more fan-friendly every year. The additions, the amenities are, are big league all the way. They really are. You know, I mean, uh, size-wise, it's it's smaller than a big league ballpark, but everything else, it, it has a big league feel. You're right. The concessions, we, we want to make it top-notch. Uh, your, your, the ambiance and the concourse, the ease to get in and out. Uh, we, we really take it seriously there for those 17 games. We want people to have a terrific, terrific time uh, and to have all the same amenities that they've experienced uh, up here at Target Field. All right, Matt, how do people find these spring training tickets right now? I would assume the website is the way to go. Yeah, twinsbaseball.com. And right on the, home, the main homepage there, there's a link to for season tickets. So you can buy a single-game ticket. You can get uh, a group five pack that allows you to – 
to get some discounts on all of your tickets and pick any five games that you'd like within certain buckets. Uh, or if you, you want to go big, you can. Uh, it's still time to get uh, the full 17 games of a spring training season ticket package. But all that's available at TwinsBaseball.com. Yeah, and I envy the snowbirds that have that opportunity to catch them all uh, down there Indeed. at Hammond yeah. Stadium in the Lee County Sports Complex. Hey, Matt, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. You have a great Thanksgiving also. All right, there he is, Matt Hodson from the Minnesota Twins. 2022 spring training tickets went on sale on Friday and uh, are available. Make your plans to get down there. It's an awesome time. Uh, Back to football. D2 playoffs got started today. Three Northern Sun teams. Two of them met in Sioux Falls. Bemidji State at Augustana. The longtime voice of the Vikings, Jeff Fillings, joined us all year. And Jeff, uh, sounds like it's a good ball game. Didn't go Augustana's way. It didn't, Steve, but you're breaking my heart talking about baseball. I know. It's my a, favorite sport. Yeah. <laughs> Spring training is great stuff. Resign Buxton. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll find out sooner than later. Maybe we'll get a Thanksgiving yeah. gift and the lock-in Byron. That would be great. Bemidji State defeated Augustana 28-24. They'll head next Saturday out to Golden, Colorado to play Colorado School of Mines. The Vikings won the statistical battle. Unfortunately, it's the final score that counts. As Jared Epperson rushed for 154 yards for Augustana today, but he got hurt late in the third quarter, and they really missed him in the fourth. Augustana ran for 201 yards, threw for 232. Bemidji ran for 63, threw for 348. As quarterback Brandon Alt, I believe he went to Champlin Park, 19 for 34, 326 yards. And his leading receiver was a high school teammate, Brandon Bolio, had eight catches for 142 yards and a touchdown for Bemidji State. The Vikings were 9 out of 18 on third down, had the ball for almost 35 minutes. Wow but came up short 28-24. Kyle Sadler in his final game for Augustana threw for 232 yards, two touchdowns, all through for three, including a 63-yard pass to Malik Williams early in the game. And he has now thrown 46 touchdown passes in 12 games. Brandon Aldis, sophomore from the Twin Cities. So the Vikings end their season 9-3, and three, but maybe 10-2. and two. And again, they'll play Colorado Mines. Next Saturday in Colorado, I believe that's a 1 o'clock central start for Bemidji fans that are interested. All right. Well, Jeff, always good to visit with you. Uh, on to hoops yes. now. And uh, Augustana poised to have a pretty good year in the northern sun. It should be all right. They won today this afternoon. I was in Aberdeen last night, and they beat uh, Black Hill State 73-63. They won 82-58 today over School of Mines and East-West Classic, which is those two teams plus Augustana and Northern. They open the conference season Tuesday in Wayne, Nebraska. All right. Safe travels, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving as well. Uh, by the way, Angelo State beat Minnesota Duluth 48-14. Uh, the final there. Let's jump back to D2 once again. Our Division Three St. John's winner over Lake Forest, forty-one to fourteen. You heard Ryan Klinkner and his game report on the Johnnies' victory. They'll be at home taking on Linfield of Oregon, I believe, is what he mentioned uh, that that they will get uh, 
Linfield. Meanwhile, Bethel, they made it into the tournament. They went to Central and got beat 61-35. to And Tim Beasley joins us on the line uh, with a report on that one. And, Tim, tough end of the season for Bethel. Yeah, Steve, uh, the Bethel Royals were unable to slow down the nation's most prolific offense in Central College of Iowa, score, falling by that 61-35 to 35 score. Um, the Royals found themselves in an early hole at 14-0, to zero, but were able to fight back, gaining a bunch of momentum in the second quarter and pulled within 27-21 at the half. Um, things were looking, were looking upbeat at that point, but um, the unbeaten eighth-ranked Dutch, they were able to pull away again in the second half. Um, the big thing was they kept the Royals scoreless in the third quarter. Um, Central came in leading the country in most offensive categories, and they showed why with a combination of quick passes and then some big plays and a, and a solid running game as well. Um, the Royals made plenty of big plays themselves, though. Uh, quarterback Jaron Rossi out of Alexandria, Minnesota, he threw for a career high of 353 yards and three touchdowns, uh, completed 33 of his 52 passes, and he also ran for 65 yards and two touchdowns, and he was even playing on a less than 100% knee that was injured last week in that game with St. John's. Um, so freshman wide receiver Micah Newald out of Fridley, Minnesota, he caught four passes for 93 yards, but he was also forced into defensive duty this week for the first time. And he had five tackles, a pass breakup, and an interception playing in the defensive backfield, doing pulling both ways duties. Um, another freshman wide receiver, Joey Quitter, out of New Richmond, Wisconsin, he had a pair of touchdown catches. And central quarterback Blaine Hawkins, he's a fifth-year senior out of Ankeny, Iowa. He entered the game with an absurd 50 touchdown passes on the season to just two interceptions, and he continued to impress, and he was all of that, um, throwing for 331 yards, which is actually under his average, but he had seven touchdown passes in the game. And Central, they'll now hook up with number eight-ranked uh, Wheaton College next week. And for Buffalo, the season comes to close, and it's for sure this time, as last week at this point we thought we were done, but got the at-large bid, but now for sure it's over. Um, it was a good year nonetheless, 8-3, 10th trip to the NCAA playoffs in the last 20 years. Um, so a good season for the Buffalo Royals. All right, Tim, thank you for your work all season long and joining us here on CCO. Thank you again. Yeah, for sure, Steve. Thank you. All right, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, quick break, we'll come back. High school football, Maple Grove routes Eden Prairie Thursday night in one of those semifinals at U.S. Bank Stadium. They will play Lakeville South for all the marbles. 6A football next Friday night at U.S. Bank Stadium. Head coach Matt Lombardi joins us in a moment. We'll have all the news and weather at 5. Jonathan Lowe with the Big Ten and the top 25 scores. We still have the Timberwolves tonight hosting the Grizzlies at Target Center. That could start at 6.30 here on News Talk. 830 WCCO. So much going on. Uh, Wild getting ready to play down in Florida against the Panthers, one of the big surprises in the NHL. Timberwolves tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Tomorrow you have a ton of stuff going on, including the Vikings and the Packers at noon. Loons in the playoffs at Portland. Uh, the Wild play the second game of a back-to-back down in Florida uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Timberwolves at home tonight uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. Our coverage begins at 6.30. Uh, we have State football semifinal action at U.S. Bank Stadium Thursday, Friday, and today. And you've got girls swimming and diving over at the U yesterday and today. Champions will be crowned. uh, The champions are crowned today and again 
uh, tonight. And speaking of football and the football playoffs, head coach of the Maple Grove Crimson, Matt Lombardi, joins us on the line. And uh, Maple Grove, they're in prep bowl, and they will take on Lakeville South in the big school championship game next Friday night. Maple Grove beat Eden Prairie. 35-3. to The Eagles started out with a 3-0 lead after one, and then Maple Grove took off. Uh, uh, Matt, congrats on a terrific season and a big win over Eden Prairie in the semis. All right, thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, the kids are excited. Um, first time for Maple Grove ever to get there, so it, it's a big deal. Yeah, and let's start with your defense. Uh, you've really got to be proud of that effort, holding Eden Prairie to three points. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think the whole key to the game was obviously them when you hold them to three, but it was more like if anybody saw our game, the first eight minutes we melted down offensively. We fumbled twice. We gave Eden Prairie three possessions starting the game inside like the 35 going in, and we we held them to three points through all of that. And I thought when we did that, we're in good shape. That was, a, that was an unbelievable stretch for our defense because we really put them in bad spots. Yeah, and a good game for Derek Jamison goes without saying. Uh, one of the top running backs in the state of Minnesota, and, and he came up big on Thursday night. Yeah, Derek's a special kid. He's had an unbelievable year. I think still through uh, 12 games, he averages over 10 yards a carry, which is pretty amazing. And, and so he's he's a kid who started as a B-teamer as a ninth grader, and he's worked up, and he's he's had an unbelievable senior year. I can't be proud of him because he's a great, great kid. Yeah, terrific runner uh, and and breakaway speed he's one of those running backs anytime he touches the ball he can go all the way yeah he's um that's kind of what our old lineman is is one of the rallying cries if we just get him to that third level he 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 goes and so I've, i've never had a running back i think he has like 12 or 13 runs this year that are over 30 yards in terms of touchdowns and so when he breaks it he he has an unbelievable knack for getting there yeah, and uh, your opponent in that 6A title game, Lakeville South, they got a pretty good running back as well. This is going to be a whale of a matchup. Yeah, I'm excited. I think they're a great team, and obviously they've been the number one team in the state all year, and, and for right, rightfully so in the last three years. I think they've lost one game. And so um, they're obviously a very unique team with what they do offensively, and they play good defense. And so, But we're excited. I think we're a really good team as well. And, and if you look at both of, our, both of our seasons, I think both of us have kind of got here in, in – and got there winning pretty handily in a lot of games. And so I think the best two teams are there, and I think that's fun to see. Yeah, and, and it's quite a week trying to get practice in and get ready for the game. And then, oh, by the way, there's Thanksgiving on Thursday, smack dab in the middle of all of it. It, it is unique, isn't it? Oh, it's, it, it's really it's a great experience. And, I, and really that Thursday morning practice, because you always practice in the mornings, you don't want to get in, yeah. in the way of Thanksgiving dinner, but – that Thursday morning practice is one of the great traditions of, of high school football. I think the fact that those senior kids get to say, hey, you know what, this is my last practice. So yeah. you can kind of give them a tribute that day and have families come and take pictures and you give them a senior walk and things like that. That That is almost one of the most special moments of the week. So I look forward to that. You know what, there's, there's nothing better than practicing on Thanksgiving. All right, Matt, good to visit with you. Should be a great title game. Thanks. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me on. Matt Lombardi, head coach, Maple Grove, Maple Grove and Lakeville South, 6-8 title game next Friday night at Preppel. All the news, all the weather, then all the college football scores after that here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Baby, 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.